From Bainbridge Island to the villages. Pickleball is one of the fastest growing sports in America. Buckeye to Abbotsford. Five out, baby, yeah! St. George to Rochester and all points in between. If you've heard of pickleball or you already play it, then you know. This is the Pickleball Show. Hello, my name's Wayne Mugley, pickleball lover. And here's the host of the Pickleball Show, Chris Allen. From the PBX Club Studios, for the very last time, but more on that later, it's the Pickleball Show. I am your host, Chris Allen. Thank you for joining me on this the 100th episode of the Pickleball Show podcast. Could have done it without you, so thank you for your support. Let me bring in the hardest working person in pickleball from pickleballtournaments.com. It is Melissa McCurley. Hey, Melissa. Hello, Chris. How exciting is it to be here on the 100th episode of the Pickleball Show? I can't believe it's gone that fast. We did it. Yeah, it was two years. I remember when I first started in uh, January 2015 and I was labeling the episodes and I was thinking on the very first one, should I do just 01 or should I do 001? And I thought, no, I'm going to do 001 because that way that zero will be like motivating me for the next couple of years to get up to that 100. And we're here. <laughs> I've got balloons here with me. Uh, should I pop the champagne or, you know, <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. I can't believe this. This is awesome. And um, I got to tell you first, I would not have made it to 100 episodes without you. So bottom of my heart, got to thank you right off the top there for all of your help and your inspiration. People don't know. I mean, even the episodes that Melissa, you know, you don't hear her voice on a lot of them. I mean, she is behind the scenes and helping me out and helping me, you know, make connections, especially in the beginning, because I would see a video of somebody and be like, wow, you know, one day it would be so awesome to have them on the pickleball show. And, and I'd mention it to you, Melissa, and you say, oh, yeah, I played with them last Sunday. Let me text him and see if he's available. And it's like, boom. I'm talking to him the next day. Stuff like that it just made all the difference in the world. Behind the scenes and in front of the microphone, couldn't have asked for uh, more help and a better co-host than you. So thank you so much. Well, thank you, Chris. I, it's a pleasure, as you know, to be here and to be a part of this particular community. And I personally believe so much in what you're doing and everything that you do for the game and promoting the sport through this just fantastic show. I mentioned this uh, in a prior show. Maybe it was episode number 90. I'm not sure. But I don't think people know what you do behind the scenes either in growing this sport. So from the bottom of my heart, and I know for all the people that don't have the privilege to talk with you, uh, certainly like I do, thank you for what you're doing. It has been so much fun and pickleball people, it seems like, or, or the, the people that pickleball attracts, you know, whenever somebody says to me, hey, we love the podcast, I always want to give the credit away. Well, you know, Melissa's great and I have these great guests and all I do is hit the record button. Whenever somebody says to you, oh, that tournament's great, you always say, well, the volunteers really stepped up and <laughs> it just seems like yeah. it's just the attitude that, uh, that that pickleball people have. Well, a few days ago, I texted Dave Weinbach. I mean, he went Grand Canyon State games. He ran the table, went four for four in his events, you know, won all four of them. And I said, hey, Dave, way to go. Congrats on four for four. And then he texts me back and he says, I had great partners. Thanks. You know, <laughs> and it's the same thing. I mean, he's given the credit away, too. And it just seems to be that's the way that pickleball people operate. 
Oh, definitely. You know, I had the privilege of watching him play at the state games there, and it was just fantastic to see uh, what he and, and Scott Moore did. I mean, it's some of the best pickleball I can ever remember seeing. That's for sure. And then watching him and Sarah Ansbury saw a couple of video clips of the two of them, and Dave did that pickleball channel, put up a video of him getting this behind-the-back shot that was amazing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that is, the I guess, the attitude of people that are attracted to pickleball, just wanting to give credit away and give thanks away. And I was thinking on this 100th episode that, you know, I didn't want it to be, oh, aren't we great or look at us or anything like that. We want to give some thanks. And the people, you know, that we should really thank, we should go all the way back to the beginning and thank the the people that invented the game, that came up with the game because it's touched all of our lives and has such a great positive impact on our lives and our health and everything. And I thought uh, it would be great. I mean, when you, when you research the beginnings of pickleball in 1965, you know, you have three people that are that are considered to be the founders of the game, the inventors of the game, uh, Joel Pritchard, Bill Bell, and Barney McCallum. And uh, we're not able to express our thanks to two of those gentlemen, but there is one, Barney McCallum, who we are still able to give a big thank you to. Uh, he was born 90 years ago and is still going strong. And um, a few days ago, I contacted his son, David, and I just just wanted to kind of float the idea out there. I said, yeah, David, we got a hundred episodes here and I would, I've always wanted to say thank you to your dad. And do you think he might be open to that? David checked with him and, and he got back to me. He said, yeah, yeah, he, he would. He would like to hear from you. And so I thought, Melissa, if you want to, David gave me uh, Mr. McCallum's number and uh, thought maybe we could give him a quick phone call and uh, say hi and tell him how much we appreciate all he's done for us. No way, really? We're going to call him? Yeah, let's get him on the phone. Cause, uh, oh, wow. How exciting is this going to be? I mean, shoot, to talk to really a legend? Yeah, oh. I mean, this is the guy. I mean, he made the first paddles. You know, he cut them out of wood. Um, he's the guy that came up with the concept of the third shot drop, of you know, dropping it soft in the kitchen as a way to advance up to the non-volley zone. And one of the original, three inventors of pickleball. So uh, if you want, I'm going to dial him up here and let's see if we can make it happen, okay? Yeah, let's do it. And this is Barney McCallum, 90 years old, up in Seattle, Washington, one of the three original inventors of pickleball. Hello. Hi, Mr. McCallum. This is Chris Allen and Melissa McCurley from the Pickleball Show podcast. How are you today? Well, I'm just fine. Well, good. Your son, David, uh, was kind enough to uh, give me your number and said he thought it would be okay if we gave you a call. We do a show. It's like a radio show called The Pickleball Show, except it's a podcast, so it's on everybody's computer around the world. And this is our 100th episode of the show that we're celebrating today. And we wanted to not let another episode go by without getting in touch with you and just on behalf of myself and Melissa and all the thousands of listeners that we have, we just wanted to say thank you for the contribution that you've made in our lives, the fun and the friendship and everything that the game that, that you invented, along with Mr. Pritchard and Mr. Bell, it's touched our lives in so many ways and does so every day. And we just wanted to say thank you for uh, playing such a big part in our life and adding so much fun to it. Well, I enjoy all the people that I've met that have been involved in uh, pickleball. It's a great group, and uh, 
I've been active in other sports, and uh, uh, just the whole culture of pickleball is very pleasing. It really is, and that was one of the things that attracted me to it so much because I, I loved the game, but then it's like, oh, you know what? As an added bonus, the people are just the best people in the world yeah. that you'd ever want to meet. You know, we're not saying anything derogatory about other sports or this is some ultra thing, but it just seems to work out that way. When we first realized that this game was going to spread, and I mean, it, it was minor, very minor. Joe Pritchard was a badminton player and played tennis. I had never even played tennis. But we made up our mind right off the get-go, and I don't know why we had the uh, you know foresight to do that, mm-hmm. that we never verbally or in print ever knocked on tennis. Never. The old, if you can't say anything good about somebody, then just don't say anything at all. But uh, yeah, I mean, pickleball people are, they're so, you know, they're so welcoming and so inviting. Uh, The first time when I was just watching people and it's, you know, you're thinking, well, what do the three numbers mean? Why are they saying three numbers? And But they were like, hey, come on in, grab a paddle. We'll show you, we'll teach you. And it's the same way all the way up to the, the national events, including the national championship that Melissa oversees. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, on this show, many times I have mentioned the word culture. And so I'm glad Mr. McCallum has brought that up because it is a culture all in itself. And I now have the privilege to be a part of this game and helping grow it through pickleball tournaments and the welcoming nature uh, of just bringing you into their family, no matter where you go around the world, is just been consistent and just fantastic and overwhelming. And so I, too, have not had such an opportunity to speak with you directly, sir, but uh, I want to thank you for not only changing my life, but certainly changing the lives of so many others. Well, thank you. And uh, you've never seen the first box that we did, which was uh, we took to Los Angeles to, to sell these things. And it was the trip was a failure, so we had to change everything. But one thing that we printed on it is say goodbye to the sidelines. Say goodbye to the sidelines. And you, you people would certainly know that this and uh, listeners that there's an awful lot of people in this world that have never tried any competitive games, and they you know they've been shunned. We're not worried about the star quarterback on a high school football team. Mm-hmm. Time after time, I've taught a lot of them. They come on out here; you'll be just fine. And that's one of the one of the many amazing things about pickleball to me, the balance of the game, the way that it that's is right. so balanced. There there are so many different ways to win and unfortunately so many different ways to lose as well. And I think I've discovered a couple <laughs> of new ones. But, uh, you know, the soft game can beat the hard game and, uh, you know, an older person can beat a younger person and this and that because, you know, there's, there's just so many different ways. It's truly remarkable that you and, and Mr. Richard, Mr. Bell, and I know your families too, were able to tweak it over the course of just a couple of summers or so into such a balanced game. You know, the first day when we were just messing around, we had a, a baseball, softball-sized ball, and then the ball at the size that we have now. But there were a, a constant, we won't call them arguments, that they, I want my way, <laughs> That's what created that balance. But something that we spent 
an awful lot of time at was the no volley zone, or as it's come out now, called the kitchen, mm-hmm. you know. And we adjusted that inch by inch, half inch by half inch, to get that to where we thought it had perfect balance. And we used that term, non-volley zone, which is boring as a Dickens, but it does tell you what we mean. (laughs) (laughs) And somebody asked me, did you think up the word kitchen? And I said, no, but I really want to meet the guy that did. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what an expression. Nobody has ever, and maybe from this broadcast that you're making, Maybe a guy will say, well, I know that guy, old Frank, you know. Yeah. Oh, so nobody, I didn't realize that, that nobody knows where the term originated from. Nobody knows oh. who coined the term. No, okay. Nobody knows, and you would think that they would. Mm-hmm. One thing, and I promised your son David when uh, when I asked him if he, he thought it would be okay if I spoke to you, I said to David, I said, if he's a little reluctant to do it, tell him I promise not to ask him about the dog. Because I'm sure he's sick, of, he's <laughs> sick okay. of talking about the dog and everything. But then I was thinking, well, you know what? If I don't ask him about the dog, then I'm going to be stuck with everybody asking me, why didn't you ask him about the dog? Well, I agree with that 100%. I don't mind talking about that. Well, real quick, you know, we won't get into we won't open up a big can of worms or anything, but just real quick, the you know, the, and and what people and we get new listeners all the time, but we're talking about the actual name of the sport being named after Pickles the dog. Well, first of all, you have to get your mind in a very simple common family mode with children involved and people just having a good time and recognizing that there was some value to to the game. You know, jokingly, uh, say, uh, you know, after dark or something, well, what are we going to call this? And um, Dick Brown, who's passed away this last year, he had a dog named Fufu, and they were sisters, the two dogs. And we just said, Let's just call it Pickles, which that was the Pritchard's dog. It's just that it's not complicated. Yeah, and the other dog's name was Fufu? Fufu, you know, Chris, like you, Fufu. Uh, Okay. So (laughs) That's right. right. And, you know, it never came to our minds again until uh, Joanne Pritchard, who was uh, divorced from Joe, and we have no idea of why she did that. Absolutely none. But that doesn't hurt anything, you know. What the heck? Oh, I know. Yeah. And what he's talking about is is the, the other story that came out about it being named after the rowing crew, uh, being a pickled crew and everything. So, well, that's it's good to know uh, that and also the fact that the other dog's name was Fufu, because now when, every, when anybody complains about it being called Pickleball or, oh, that's kind of a silly name, we can always come back with, well, we're lucky it's not called Fufu Ball. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I'm going to touch on another thing about that. Another very good friend and a real firster on pickleball was a guy named Jim Weller, who is alive today, just came back from Hawaii. But he and I introduced pickleball on Maui in Hawaii. And all the people there called it puka. Puka? Because uh, puka in Hawaiian means hole. In other words, the holes in the ball. Oh, okay. Puka ball. And, you know, and we talked about changing the name, but Joe Pritchard stopped that. He, he just said, hey, no, we're not going to do that. And uh, 
but we never challenged the people in Hawaii. They liked it. They were fun to play with. You know, they dug pickleball courts right out of the lab looking out over the Pacific Ocean. Wow. So anyway, that's just another story on names, isn't it? So a lot of times it's better left like that. And once the toothpaste is out of the tube, there's no way you're going to put it back in the tube. So you might as well Pretty just... Pretty good. That's damn good. <laughs> but... <laughs> when people uh, talk to you about pickleball and ask you questions, are there ever things that uh, you think... Gee, I wonder why they never ask about this, because that would be interesting. Are you surprised uh, about the things that people don't ask you? Because, you know, they always ask you about the dog and they always ask you about probably uh, you made the first paddles out of out of wood. You were the the guy that came up with the paddles. I heard, too, that you were the, the gentleman that came up with the concept of the third shot drop, you know, trying to drop the ball into the kitchen as a means to advance up to the net, that that was you. Well, I, I kind of did. I'd claim that. But also, I was a uh, an excellent lobber. Mm-hmm. So, so much for that. And I see the people playing now, and they'd have knocked my brains out. <laughs> you know, <'Cause, laughs> they really would. But I got away with that, you know. Yeah. I'd hit them just as high as I could because of, Ball that's dropping straight down or on a lesser arc, they're hard to hit. I mean, you can hit them, but you can also hit the net with them, too. Or put much power on them and kick them out, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the other things, a trivia thing, is that uh, trees, their courts are, you know, by my house especially, mm-hmm. uh, that trees that could be hit into. So we decided that, Hit the ball where it drops. Forget the arguments. <laughs> so if it hit a tree and landed in court, I mean, it was still a live ball, you right? Yeah, <laughs> you, you play it. Well, you have a lot. You know, it, it stops the ball and it drops, and, and it doesn't happen that all that often. Mm-hmm. Another thing we did, as far as your hand is concerned, if it hits your finger, who cares? I like that. That's a good rule. Anything below the wrist, it's fair. Just keep playing it. Again, who wants to argue, you know? Yeah, we came to play, not, you know, I, I think it touched your finger. That's Did exactly it touch your finger? right. Yeah. <laughs> Good, good point. What do you think about the, the, you mentioned the ball earlier. I remember talking with Steve Peranto um, a few months ago, and he's he was saying that originally when he started playing in the 80s, the ball was a lot softer. It was a, a cosum, I think. I can't remember if he if I'm pronouncing cosum. it. Cosum. Cosum. Okay. It was a lot softer. Was the, yeah. The manufacturing of the ball and the aerodynamics of the ball are extremely important. I've messed around with pickleball so much I'm sick of it. <laughs> and softness and hardness. And something, and I shouldn't really talk this way, but having an indoor and outboard and out ball, I mean, why don't you pick out your snowflakes that you want to ski on, you know? I just... <laughs> just hey. Yeah. And you can go to the extreme and, uh, on anything like that, uh, can't you? But uh, so you'd like to have like one unified ball that's just that's the ball, and wherever you play, that's the ball you use. It's simpler, but the first balls, you know, I ran this company out of the envelope factory, mm-hmm. and I knew most of the people that were came and bought balls. And then I'd get a phone call and say, "Miney, these balls are split," you know, and that was a big issue. 
Yeah. Huge. Thank God that's not the case anymore. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Boy, they really solved that problem. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I can equate the ball thing. Of, of me, but you need the ball right. I'm not going to downplay that. Yeah. Because very, very important. And I don't fault the people, that, but I, I'm going to relate it to skiers. I, I, used, to, I used to ski. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people have been friends of mine. Before they go up the hill, they have to go and look at the new sunglasses. I go to the hill. <laughs> yeah, everybody thinks, oh, just a, if I had just this little bit better piece of equipment, then it would make all the difference in the world. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly right. Are there any any rules changes or any tweaks or anything that maybe you fought for that you didn't get or anything that you sort of see in the game where you think, yeah, it's good now, but boy, if they had, if I had my way, you know, it might be even better. Any rules changes or anything like that? Well, I'll tell you, Chris, one of the big items, and you just mentioned that you were 6'4", big men wanted one thing and smaller men wanted uh-huh. something different, but there were plenty of discussions, that's for sure. <laughs> but we mainly were for simplifying and keeping the balance. Yeah. Checkers as a perfect balance. The only inequality was who gets the first move. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing too that's so interesting about pickleball is that it's it's one of the few games that where the serving team does not have the advantage. That's right, big issue. And then that was done on purpose, or it just kind of worked out that way. Well, we were conscious of it, but in that first summer, we just played. Yeah. You know, and there would be comments about things. We ought to change this or change that. Like in the original, like one example is the one foot inbounds and one foot out of bounds. Okay. And that was because there was a tree there. So on your backswing on that end of the court, you'd hit that tree. Well, we just said, let's just move that. (laughs) And so they've changed that now, and that's okay. I want to mention one other thing that I think is interesting and kind of goes with the word culture. Please do. People come to Bainbridge Island, people I've never seen before. They're from Iowa, wherever. They've got their kids, and they come to Bainbridge Island. They're pickleball players, and they want to see that court. And I call it going to Mecca. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Because they all line up and smile. Let the little kids hit the ball. Let mom hit the ball. And I, I my gosh, you know, it's just a piece of asphalt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But but it's it's almost a uh, feeling of reverence. Uh Yeah. I mean, they're, they're making a pilgrimage. So I think uh, I'm standing on the sideways and I have a walker. I, you know, I'm, I'm just watching these people. Uh-huh. I mean, isn't that neat? It's a testament to what you've created and what you've contributed. And uh, we do talk about the pickleball culture being that way. And I think from talking to you today, we can see how it became that way and where it originated from, because it's obviously uh, something that you brought to the game from the very beginning. And uh, so it's it's been so great to talk to you today as well, Barney. Thanks very much. Take care, sir. Look forward to talking with you again. Bye-bye. Goodbye. 
Wow, that was amazing. What a guy. Oh, I know. I mean, we just got so much more from that conversation than I could have ever imagined. To hear him talk about how much he enjoys people that are coming by for what he says is just a piece of asphalt. But, you know, for us, it has so much more meaning. And for him to actually witness that meaning when people come uh, to play at the courts was just really great to hear from him. Yeah, yeah, it really is a pilgrimage and one that uh, that I hope to take uh, someday soon. <laughs> I don't know about you, but when he talked about about uh, picking your snowflakes to ski on. I just could barely contain myself. Yeah, I love that. I can't think of a better way to have spent the 100th episode of the Pickleball Show yeah. uh, than with Mr. McCallum. What a just real treat. Yeah, there really was. Well, let's do this. I promised a couple of special announcements here, and uh, one of them about the future of the Pickleball Show, the other about the future of the show and uh, the host here. But let's do this, Melissa, if it's okay with you. In terms of the future of the Pickleball Show, we've got 100 episodes episodes now under our belt. What do you say you want to do maybe like, I don't know, like a hundred more and then maybe do a thousand more after that. And then we'll take a little break and stop and see where we are and see if we want to keep going after that 1200th episode. Well, yeah, sky's the limit. Let's go, baby. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Well, if I got you in my corner, like I always tell everybody to do, if you do a tournament, you definitely need pickleball tournaments in your corner. But if, as long as I've got you in my corner, then I'm willing to keep going. So let's do it. Let's do it, Chris. I am in your corner and I am ready to go. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, as always, for everything. And I will talk to you soon. All right. Thank you, Chris. That is Melissa McCurley, the hardest working person in pickleball. And that is special announcement number one. The Pickleball Show will continue. We look forward to taking your game to the next level. Mine too. <laughs> By talking to the world's best players and getting them to share their secrets, their strategies, their tips and tricks and everything with you. And now let's move on to special announcement number two. When I started the Pickleball Show a hundred episodes ago, it was really for three big reasons. Number one, I love this sport. I'm going to play it for the rest of my life. As long as I can hold a paddle and stand there on the court, that's where you'll find me. Number two, for whatever reason, pickleball just attracts the best people that I've ever met. I love hanging out with pickleball people, including you, and want to do more of that. And the third reason I started this podcast is because, to me, the internet is the most significant advancement in humankind since the invention of the printing press. And I really mean that. You either know how to use the internet to your advantage or you don't. You either know how to read or you don't. And it's going to be just as big of a distinction. Reading has always been a way to help distinguish and separate the classes. The upper class knew how to read. The lower class was not allowed to know how to read because that's part of what kept them lower class. They could always just be servants and farmers and peasants because they didn't know how to read. And the Internet's the same way. And I don't mean just checking your email or looking at your Facebook page. That's the equivalent of being able to make an X on the bottom of a document and have that serve as your signature. I'm talking about using the Internet to generate income, facilitate your lifestyle, and yes, if you want to take it that far, even earn a living, which my wife and I have done for over 14 years. This is not bragging. We're certainly not rich or anything, but we can do what we want, where we want, when we want. And uh, what I've always called it the internet income lifestyle. And that's what we've lived for years. And that's the ultimate pickleball lifestyle too. You want to get up and play pickleball all day? Go for it. You want to go down to Arizona, go to nationals? Go. You want to go up to Seattle? Check it out. You want to go down to Naples, US Open? 
go. So that's why I think this will be the perfect match for you because the ultimate pickleball lifestyle is the internet income lifestyle. Though it seems like we're the last people the internet's there to serve. And that's the big thing that's bugged me for years. The internet is such a huge, huge opportunity, especially for people over 50, people like me, people like us, people that still have so much to offer, and yet the most neglected segment of the population in terms of the internet and social media and making it a tool that can give you more freedom, more independence, the most neglected segment is people over 50. You look on Facebook, uh, Instagram, all that stuff. You look at websites, you look at, you know, just like TV commercials, you look at it, you think we just don't even exist, except when it's time to talk to your doctor <laughs> and sell you a new prescription for something. Do you suffer from this problem? Please talk to your doctor. It may cause this and this and this and sudden this and this and this and this and this. Yeah, then we pop up on the radar. Well, not anymore, because now there is internet over 50. That's what I'm launching. That's what the Pickleball Show is going to be part of. It's going to be one in a network of shows specifically devoted to the things that interest us, people over 50. So here's what I've got for you, a brand new website and a brand new podcast called Internet Over 50. Of course, you can go to internetover50.com or you can go to the shortcut version io50.com. That's I as in internet, O as in over, 50.com. If you're interested in living the internet income lifestyle, if you want to find out how to use the internet to get yourself more freedom, more independence, then this is the place for you. So there you go. From this point on, The Pickleball Show will not be coming to you from the PBX Club Studios. It'll be coming to you from the IO50 Studios as part of the Internet Over 50 Digital Network. IO50.com is the place you want to go to. Brand new podcast there. We've got 17 episodes already waiting for you, featuring myself and the lovely and talented Jennifer Allen. We're going to show you how to live the internet income lifestyle, which is also the ultimate pickleball lifestyle. Thank you for your support for these past hundred episodes of the Pickleball Show. Look forward to bringing you even more great pickleball information in the future. I'm Chris Allen. This is the Pickleball Show. And until next week, keep them low. The Pickleball Show is brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free.